Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Have another amazing guest for you today, man. It's just been back to back to back lately, and I'm so grateful to have Scott Bingham here, bright and early. How are you? Doing good, feeling great, man. <laughs> I mean, life's good right now. I can't complain. Yeah, you just finished a marathon. I understand. Where was this at? And tell our listeners where what you did. Yeah, so um, I went up to Jackson Hole to vi- visit a buddy, and um, I love doing ultra marathons, marathons. It's, it's, it's where I feel alive the most in my life, where I'm just yeah. locked into the present moment. So I love doing those, and I went up there, and the scenery was absolutely beautiful. Oh, Couldn't ask for a better place. Yeah, it's so beautiful up there. Yeah, so beautiful. Well, uh, so for our listeners, um, Scott was a former client of mine, and. How long has it been? Has it been three, four it's years? It's more than more, more than three, almost three in a couple months. Three in a couple yeah. months. So, um, and I'm going to give a little background how I, how you and I met, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, sounds so good. So we're we're coming from you to you guys live from uh, Wasatch Recovery, and that's where I actually met you for the first time. Yeah. And uh, you know, we kind of joke about this a little bit, but the first time I met you, I mean, you did not look good. <laughs> you were a mess. Yeah. Um, Heroin was it? Heroin no, addict? Um, Oxycontin. Oxycontin. Just everything. It, really everything under yeah. the sun, but Oxycontin was the one that yeah. uh, that you were struggling with. And, you know, typically when I'm, we see clients here, I mean, I, everyone's usually in rough shape, but you're probably, <laughs> we were talking about this off the oh. air, you were in the probably the most rough shape I've ever seen a client come in here. And, you know, you know for your listeners, uh, when we do a process group, we sit in this circle and uh, you know what I'm going to gonna yep, say here. Yep, yep. We sit in this circle, and we put a box of tissue in the middle of the circle, and we have this rule in group that we don't rescue anybody. So if someone's crying, they have to stand up and go get their own tissue. And so uh, I don't I don't know if it was your intro or it was it was when you were first here. Um, you got up. You're having a rough time in process, and you went to go grab a tissue. And I'll never forget it. <laughs> he, he misses. He bends over to grab the tissue, misses the tissue, and falls over, falls on the ground. And uh, you know, and we laugh at it now. But that's how that's how much uh, how much you were struggling. You were in some. You were in rough shape at that time. Yeah, man. I and I had even been in detox for like more than a week. I'd been in there for a yeah. fair amount of time, and Boy. I I could, I had to hold on to walls to walk, and you know I. I couldn't drink or eat anything without spilling it on me because I was shaking so bad. Right. Because yeah. of the detoxing yeah. process. Well, that was my first experience with Scott. And then um, I had the pleasure of uh, being your, one of your counselors here and, and your coach, if, if, if that's a better word. And uh, I got to coach him through some uh, some things that really uh, shaped what you're doing now even a little bit. And, oh, most uh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we'll get into that in a minute. But I want to – uh, have you give a little background on you, where you grew up, a little bit about your family, let, let, let the listeners know a little bit more about you. Okay. So I grew up in Bountiful, Utah, um, had a normal childhood as, as people say, and loved to play soccer and baseball when I was a kid. Um, just loved to be active, loved to be out doing things. Um, up and up until about eight, I was, you know, fairly active. And then when I was eight, I got leukemia. Uh, non-Hodgkin's Burkitt's lymphoma, and it was it, it was fairly um, fast how it like how it presented itself, and it was a it was really aggressive, and so I I went in through chemo and did about three years worth of chemo and treatment really in six months. It's so such, it was at such hit, a young age too. Yeah, they wow. they had to hit you hard and fast, or else it was just gonna grow rampant. Right. Um, and after that, I. You know, luckily I came through it with the help of my family and friends, um, and then went to junior high. Kind of dealt with some insecurity issues that I think mm-hmm. most kids do. Sure. And you know, kind of dealt with that. And then I went into high school, more insecurity and like now body image issues. Right. Kind of. I I don't know what most kids' experiences are, but that was kind of a big thing for me. Um, like, 
give some detail around that though, the body image issues what what were you overweight were you too skinny you what know was what going on? like i was never overweight or underweight i just felt like i needed to be something else than what i was i needed to yeah. be stronger i needed to be faster i needed to be more attractive um i just felt like my body wasn't good enough right um okay. and it just I mean, even I I recognize those thoughts as, you know, some of the conditioning that I've had through life that, you know, society, you know, instills in us. And, you know, I I believed in that, you know, I, I didn't know any better. And so um, yeah. I didn't, you know, I wasn't happy with what I had, even though what I had was perfect and right and beautiful. I just, yeah, I didn't see it that way. Yeah, and I think I would imagine a lot of kids, including myself, go through some tough times like that, and we always want to be something we're not. Yeah, yeah. Which causes a lot of misery and suffering in our own lives for no reason uh, other than what we're thinking about ourselves, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking about this, and one of the things I do with my clients' listeners is uh, I have them write down like a bully playlist. And what that is is we all have this voice in our head that's negative, it's that voice that tells us that we're not good enough, we can't do it, we look funny, you know, and so on. And it's that yeah. voice that we start to listen to that starts to form and shape our belief systems about ourselves, right? Yeah, definitely. And it was, uh, it was one of the exercises I had you do when we first met is I had you write down, um, you know, how does your bully talk to you, Scott? Yeah. Right? What are the negative things that's going through your mind, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> And he wrote this list, and, and for your listeners, I've been sharing this list for with my clients as an example for over three years. Yeah. Yeah. So, and here's the thing, Scott, you don't realize how much this has helped in that area. Not not necessarily because when, when I, I'm going to share some of this with our listeners, but because it's a pretty vicious list that you oh, wrote down here. It's awful, and I dealt with all of that yeah. on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> like, it never... Yeah. You know, negative self-talk runs rampant. Yeah. And and, and and going back to that body image yeah. issue that you had, there was a few things in here that really point that out. I mean, you talk about how <laughs> in this list, your arms aren't big enough. My hair's ugly. I have a pot belly. Um, you know, I look funny. You know, some, you know, and just stuff that started when you were young. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, but that formed a belief system about yourself that kind of led you to other things in your life. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, there was a lot of, I don't know a better word, self-hatred. Like, I I couldn't accept myself as I was. I thought there was something wrong with me. Like, w- yeah. why can't I look and feel like others? There's I have all these issues and, you know, like, yeah. poor me. Yeah. Poor me, and like that's all I would think. Poor me, I don't have this, I don't have that. Poor me, I'm fat, I'm overweight, I, you know, I don't look good, I'm not attracted. Just oh right. man, it just was yeah. awful. Yeah, and you know the principle behind these beliefs are beliefs dictate the way we behave. Mm-hmm. And so let's go back to you know when did you start experimenting or, or trying drugs or drinking for the first time and. Let's give our listeners a little background on that. Yeah, so it was about high school. Um, yeah, when I started first first started high school, I started experimenting with pot because I had a lot of anxiety, I thought, and this was, you know, the first time I tried drugs, like that anxiety and the, and the, and just, it boosted my confidence level and there was no more of these, negative self-talk and it was just like it was freedom i -hmm. never really like experienced you know not having negative self-talk in my head and so i kept doing it and i felt was i felt more outgoing i felt like i was the life of the party i felt i had confidence that was unshakable and i was just you know drinking was a part of it and um right smoking weed and doing pills it was just that's when i felt most calm i felt confident and it was like a weight had been lifted off so my you shoulders st- so you started smoking pot at what age um, about 16 15 okay yeah. and is, was that when the first drug that you had tried yeah um, okay. um me and a buddy just started he had already been um, smoking weed and he introduced it to me right 
and and that led to what that just led to like drinking at first it was you know on the weekends because i had school so i didn't do it every day at that point and usually in high school there's some someone's parents went out of town so we'd go have yeah. a party right and so i did that every weekend and that led to drinking and then that just opened up this attitude that i'm just gonna try everything right if this is good more is better yeah. And that led to pills like lower tabs. And then I, you know, whatever you, I could get my hands on for a couple of years. So the pills, was that something you, you got through a doctor or was it just, uh, you know, buying it from a friend or a dealer? Or Man whatever? in high school, even I'm sure it's worse now, but back in high school, I could, I had buddies that had it all could the get time. Anything, it, yeah, yeah. It didn't matter. I could, they'd give them to me. I would buy them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's typical. Yeah. You know? I know. And then that's where I, I learned, like, I learned about some of the conditions that people were, that had, that were getting the medicine. And so I started to have these, you know, conditions, you know, I'd fake it. Right. Just to go to the doctor and get some of the medicine. Right. And man, it's, it's easy with the doctors. Yeah. Okay. So, um, did, uh. Did your family know that you were doing drugs and stuff, or did you hide that really well from them as well? I I hid that. I thought I hid it well. Um, for a while in high school, it wasn't an issue because I would never come home like wasted or out of control. Um, but I thought I hid it for a couple years. But I think at some level they kind of knew. Um, I I don't see how they couldn't know. Um, but they right. just never addressed it. Yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, it's easier to not talk about it and hope that, you know, they work, kids work through their issues and they're just experimenting their kids. But right. do you, do you, when you go, when you think back at that time, you know, high school-ish time and junior high, were you a happy kid, a depressed kid? I mean, it sounds like you were struggling. Yeah. Um, when I was, when I was in my younger years, I was, I just, I was happy. I was really happy. Yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't had some of the issues that I had developed later on, and so I was just happy-go-lucky. Loved playing in sports. Loved being active. And then somewhere around in junior high, I started to, you know. Well, did ha did going through that cancer did mm -hmm. that play a part in the way you thought and believed about yourself? You know, I think so because. I chose to feel broken or there's something wrong with me because if, if I was perfectly healthy and normal and not broken, why would I have gotten cancer? Like I, you know, right. I, I thought, man, there must be something wrong with me. I'm going through all this. There's something wrong with my body. Yeah. And then I think that just snowballed. Just, yep. Yeah. Okay. I can imagine, you know, how tough that would have been getting it at such a young age yeah you know i think and also i think so during the treatment they give you steroids and these steroids make you retain water like crazy and so i was i was overweight or i felt overweight because i when i look in the mirror i was i'd have puffy cheeks and like the double chin and right but it's because of the drugs and that's when I started getting that negative self-talk and the belief that yeah. I was... What was the age again? You did. You mentioned it earlier. How old were eight. you again? Eight years old. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I can imagine being eight years old and now you're getting, you know, you're retaining water, you're going through chemo, you're going through all these treatments. Yeah. That, that kind of turns your world upside down for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, it's so weird, but I remember being happy through through the chemo process because my mom was always with me. She was really helping me through it. But then I'd have these moments where I was, I was getting a lot of like a super heavy aggressive dose of chemo. And so I was always feeling like most of the time I was feeling awful, like yeah. feeling broken and needing to be fixed right. and you know, feeling overweight and sluggish and right. yeah, just snowballed. Okay. So we'll, we'll jump ahead a little bit here. So you get into high school, you start experimenting with drugs. You start realizing, wow, I feel a little relief now with these drugs. And it kind of just, that snowballs into just doing other things. And you start doing, you know, pills and things like that. Um, 
how how old are you? Uh, thirty five. Thirty five. And so, when I met you, then you were what thirty two? Yeah. Thirty one, thirty two. So there's a lot. There's a big space there between high school and from yeah. the time I met you. And again, you know, listeners, I I don't do it justice. When I met Scott, I kid you not, he looked like the Walking Dead. Man, he looked like he should be dead. He, you did not look well at all. So maybe kind of talk about, you know, I know that's a lot of time there, mm-hmm. but just maybe give some of the, the the things that you had gone through that led up to when I met you here at Wasatch. So I had, I had graduated high school, and by then it wasn't a f- I didn't feel like a full blown addict, but I had the tendencies where, you know, to go to work I needed a you know a little pick me up, and at that point it was mostly pain pills, and so I'd do that, and you know it was just slow day to day. You you de- you start to develop a tolerance, and so as I was just going through life I would start doing more and more you know I'd, before I'd go to work I'd need to pick me up and yeah. um, afterwards man that was a hard day got to do a little bit more and that progressively just got worse I you know I didn't I didn't really have <laughs> I didn't have a, a girlfriend and I thought I was unlovable because I was a drug addict and I'm, I'm yeah, this, That's actually I'm one not. of the things you wrote down on your uh, uh, bully playlist is that I am not lovable, you know, and I'm going to actually read this here in a minute, but yeah. uh, but that was one of the things. You, yeah. you walked around believing no one's going to love me. Yeah, and I just I just thought like, man, everybody goes through this, but I, I, I'm not lovable. Like only my family, you know, loves me and who could ever want me as a partner like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a drug addict I don't have this person's job or I'm not this high earning you know you know boyfriend material type guy that just gets all the girls and I would just <laughs> the yeah, yeah the self-talk was awful yeah it was so negative you know and maybe that's, that's a good segue into I want to just read I won't read the whole list but mm-hmm. I want to read some of the list so the listeners understand this is this is what was going through your mind constantly, which again, when we talk to ourselves listeners and we say the same things over and over, positive or negative, it creates a belief system. Our belief system then dictates the way we behave and act in our lives. So there's a reason why you were doing all these things. And so I'm just gonna read some of them here. And here's Scott's list and this is, I'll never forget it when he shared this with me, you threw it across the room. You're like, no wonder I hate myself. Here it is. Here's what he says to himself, not back then. I'm useless, I'm stupid, I'm fat, I'm a drunk, I'm weak, I'm an addict, I'll never amount to anything, I should have never been born, I'm a worthless junkie, I'm not strong enough, I can't love anyone properly, I can't support myself in the real world, I can't love myself, I'm I'm, I'm not lovable, life will chew me up and spit me out, I'm unteachable, I'm unable to hold down a job, um, I'm not able to be a sustainable, healthy, in a, in a healthy, sustainable relationship. I'm not a grown, progressive member of society. I'm a terrible son. My arms aren't big enough. I'm poor. I'm unable to complete a simple task. Um, I have a pot belly. No one really loves the person I'm becoming. I'm a horrible, unsupportive brother. Life's going to eat me alive. I'm not good enough to be an uncle. I'm retarded. I'm dumb as shit. No one in this world will ever find me attractive. My hair is ugly. I'm too shy. No one wants to hear my point of view. I'm slow. I can't think straight. I can't finish this hard program. I can't do hold down a job. I can't be honest with the ones I really care about. Yeah, man. And you're getting emotional yeah, as I, I say am. this, folks. Like, and I'll, I don't know if you remember this, but you threw this piece of paper across my office and you said, no wonder I hate myself. Yeah. And I said, that's why you're a drug addict. Yeah. yeah, man, I'm. I'm. Can you believe you now. used to tell yourself that? Stuff? I I can't even believe that, at all. Like, just yesterday I was driving home from Jackson Hole, and I looked at some of the pictures that I'd taken from the marathon, and I'm just like, I've created the life that I dreamt about when I was in Wasatch. Like, yeah. I am living it. I'm. I I just thought to myself dreams do come true and i heard it, it you know it's kind of cliche and kind of sappy but man if you can if you can think of it in your mind you can create it if you have enough determination and grit and faith in yourself man nothing's nothing's impossible yeah 
and and, and let's go back and, and I love that you said that and you know and you got real emotional when I yeah. shared that list because that you know I believe you too and I believe this that whatever we put our minds to and whatever we think it becomes our reality yeah. that was your reality it's vicious and so when you walk around believing all of that negative stuff yeah no wonder you behaved a certain way. Yeah, I mean, if you have all that floating around in your head, I I couldn't function. Like, yeah, how could I have the habits for a successful life if I have all that? Yeah, in my absolutely. Head? And and therefore you and and again, this led up to when I met you, you had been going so hard with your drugs that, I mean. I don't know. I can't remember if Wasatch was your first treatment center or not. No, it was my first treatment center. It was your first treatment center. Wow. I didn't know that. Um, But, again, to see how frail you were. I mean, you know, if there was a slight breeze, it would have knocked you over. That's. I mean, he was just skin and bones. And I'll be honest with you, Scott, and this is the honest truth, and I was talking about it with a few people here that you work with as well. Oh, he works at Wasatch Recovery, by the way, now, which is really cool. Yeah, I love Uh, it. We'll get into that, too. I know. It's so cool. I mean, truly, uh, it gets me emotional. Just one of the biggest turnarounds I've ever seen. Um, But when we talk, when I I talk about other people about you, you know, they'll say the same thing. They're just like, man, I, I can't believe the guy's alive because of what we saw. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I'm I'm not painting a picture very well with my listeners here, but uh, no, I was needless to say, you were not. I in was a good near spot. death. I my liver was almost ready to give out. I had bruises all over my body for months, even leading up to coming to Wasatch. I had had seizures. That's and and leading up to Wasatch, I was drinking about a half gallon of vodka every two days. Wow. And I I was I was a mess. I wasn't eating. Right. I was just drinking, just waking up with daily bruises because I couldn't walk because I was so drunk. And then in the morning, I don't remember, you know, falling or hurting myself. Yeah, like what happened? Yeah. Were you doing pills at at, that, at this time as well, or did you just switch it to another? I I to said drinking? switched it to drinking because you know I thought I need to get off pills, but the withdrawals are so horrible. In in my mind, the withdrawals were worse than any anything possible and so to mitigate the the pain from it i would drink right and that just and i felt you know my comp that you know that boost of confidence and well-being or you know false sense of well-being right and so that just led into this daily habit over about a two-year period right i just it got progressively worse yeah yeah wow yeah it was just drinking it but i say just drinking but People don't realize how far and how hard that can hit you. Yeah. It's well at the same time, which made which kept you locked into it is just that negative self talk. Oh yeah. You know. You're just beating yourself up all day long. You know, or and yeah. And just trying to even escape that. I mean, think about mm-hmm. the suffering that just causes. Yeah. And I, I wasn't I wasn't able to work. I, I wasn't able to hold down a job because of it. You know, I had broken up with a girlfriend and I wasn't able to hold down a job. And so these things, these vicious negative feedback loops were just out right. of control. How how long did you end up staying here at Wasatch for your um, treatment? Uh, Do you remember? Oh, a blissful hundred days. I was so, <laughs> but I honestly, I feel like it only was like 60 because that first month. Oh, I, dude, you, I was non-functioning. Well, I had, going back to that, I didn't think you were going to make it, dude. Like oh. watching you, yeah. I'm like, this dude ain't gonna make it. Yeah, and and meaning because we were kicking your tail in in process group. Yeah, our one on ones were we were getting after it and getting after it hard. Um, but yeah, that first month was a rough one, and a lot of you know, and rightfully so. I mean, you're coming, you know, from drinking a half gallon. Yeah, every day basically, and to and not eating and not eating to here we are. Yeah, and now we're hitting you hard. And we're having you look at your belief systems yeah. right staring staring you right in the face. Yeah. Uh, I even remember when I left, uh, I had one of the uh, staff members say, dude, we almost couldn't care for you. You almost needed a high le- higher level of care because yeah. we were afraid you were just that far gone. Yeah. 
it was it was nuts well you know needless to say that was a rough time but that's no longer Mm -mm. it's not who scott is anymore and and i want to talk about you know kind of the shift (laughs) you made and i know it started with you know the reason why i had you do that bully list i have all my clients do that is is to for you as a individual to look at this is how you talk to yourself right yeah and so we need to change that we need to flip the script mm-hmm. right definitely and so what i did is i had what what we call a champion list we had i had you switch everything you told yourself and flip it around right mm-hmm. you remember that yeah i still have that as well oh, that's awesome i know i, I want to so, see that when we're done so so I had Scott take everything on that negative bully list and flip it and add his name to it. And I'll just read a few of them just so, and, and this is where we started. And I just, I think it's cool, you know, maybe it was as a reminder, even to you, cause yeah. it's been a while. Yeah, but it has. here's, here's what, here's what you came back with. I Scott, I'm brilliant. I Scott, I'm intelligent. I Scott, I'm athletic. I Scott, I'm positive and sober. I Scott, I'm strong beyond measure. I, Scott, am a master of my own fate. I, Scott, am an amazing person. I, Scott, am a blessing to this world. I, Scott, am a terrific asset. I love that one. Mm-hmm. I, Scott, am powerful. Am a powerful human being. I, Scott, am worthy, lovable human being. I, Scott, am capable of um, living on my own. I, Scott, have a strong, beautiful self-love. I, Scott, am worthy to be loved. I, Scott, am strong-minded and capable. I, Scott, am a lover of information. <laughs> I, Scott, have the strength to make it on my own. Um, I, Scott, am capable, worthy son. I, Scott, know that I'm a healthy human. I, Scott, am fit and toned. I, Scott, um, have a fresh start and a, and a better, and, a, and I'm a better brother. I, Scott, have, um, I, Scott, am desirable and attractive. I, Scott, have the most fantastic hair. Because <laughs> you had said, I had ugly hair. Yeah. Right? So we flipped the script, mm-hmm. right? And then the very last thing you put on here, I, Scott, am well of strength, power, and insight with, you know, four exclamation points. And I'll never forget, and I don't think if you, I don't know if you remember this, but these things stand Those out Those days to were me. hazy, man. <laughs> when, yeah. So when you read this, for you you cried in my office. Yeah. And they were almost like, I want to believe this so bad, Todd, but I don't yet. Yeah. It was I, almost like, I hope I get there. And I get it because we had just barely, you had barely just done your bully list, which you have been telling yourself for decades. Mm-hmm. Now I had you flip the script and read it out loud, probably for the first time, felt awkward. Yeah, it it didn't feel true at all. I felt like, I do remember that I felt a little like a fraud. <laughs> and right, yeah. and I just, because I didn't, I've never had any of that in my life. I, yeah. I was an addict for 15, 16 years. And yeah. I mean, so that means I've been having those bully list beliefs for that long. That's, that's a long time to be in hell, man. Yeah. And long so time. to try and put on a new attitude is just, it felt, it felt uncomfortable Yeah. because I just, yeah. there's no, there's no way that could possibly happen in my mind back then. Right. And so we're going to jump ahead just a little bit. Um, so Anyway, Scott did an amazing job while he was here at Wasatch. He worked hard. He faced his demons, if that's how you want to say it. Definitely. He faced that bully list, changed it, flipped the script, and he started working on it while he was here. And like you said, you know, the first, you know, 20, 30 days was just a blur to you. Blur, yeah. But then it was like the light turned on. Mm-hmm. We turn on the lights to you, and all of a sudden you're like, there I am. Here I am. Yeah. Um, did really well. So maybe talk about... So how well you did, and then kind of talk about what you've been doing since you've left Wasatch. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about that, and and, and then your new belief systems. Let's talk about those things. Okay. Um, yeah, at some point, I don't remember when, because like I say, those days were hazy. <laughs> I just felt never again. I never want to live in that hell again. So I'm, and I have one shot to do this. I put so much importance and doing it once because at the time in the program I'd been speaking with other uh, clients of Wasatch and they had been through treatment eight seven eight times right and I thought that was exhausting I that to me that sounded horrific and so 
I just, I had to dig deep. I had to, as they say now, one and done. I had to do it in one shot. This is the one shot I, shot I get to change my life. And so I started reading all that I could. Um, anything, I, any kind of book I, I could get my hands on. Uh, the Power of Now was huge. The Four Agreements. Right. I mean, I still, you know, I still do my best daily. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, and it helped me because leading up to Wasatch, I had been living in the past and living in the future. What my future would look like if I can kept, right? You know, had these still had these tendencies and habits and beliefs, and that, and for me, I know, living in the past is living in fear, and then living in the future is living in fear, and so I just decided to live in the moment and do as do my best as I can, be authentic, and really dig deep. I've I never dug deep, as they say. Leading up to right. this, I never actually did my best. I was just always mediocre at everything. My job, my personal relationships, relationships in my family. Right. And so I read all the books I could in process. I just poured it all out. Like, yeah. you know, it's people believe that, you know, oh, nobody could ever understand what it's like. And, you know, this issue or that issue is just specifically for me. No, like... People deal with these issues all the time, and I just decided to lay it all out because I felt like if I can get it all out now, right, it I I would have a chance yeah. to make this change. And now, right now, I'm I'm working at Wasatch. I never thought, you know, I don't think I don't know if you'll remember this, but you gave me an exercise. I'm getting emotional about it right now, where. You sent me to go back to the house and envision a future, a future that I would love to have. Um, what would a day in the life be like? And I just, <laughs> I envisioned like this future I'd never had, just being loved, being in a relationship, not, not having the worries and stresses that I have now, having a beautiful life with a career and living on my own with a family. And I just envisioned all this and it just, yeah. it's cemented just the determination and grit in me that I have today. Cause I knew I could have that if I only just put forth the effort right. and change these beliefs. And that's, you know, that I had that realization, you know, in the car ride back from Jackson hall that I've, I have that. Yeah. And it's such it's such a beautiful thing. Like right. Yeah. To realize that you have, you know, your paradise. You dream of this paradise of a of a well-lived life and fil filled with happiness and joy. And I have that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow. It's Thanks amazing. for sharing that. Um that's powerful. You know, um you know are, that's how it just proves though how powerful our imaginations are and our thinking you know our thinking mm -hmm. because that ends up becoming our reality and before that it was so dark and dreary oh, and, yeah and but if you think about it you know no pun intended you you thought your way into that darkness mm -hmm. and that reality that you were faced with yeah now you start imagining something better and I remember I actually do remember that um, but when you start imagining something different, it feels weird at first because you're not used to thinking good things about you and that you could ever have something yeah. good. Yeah. But as you stay with it. And what I love about you, and because and you and I can relate on a lot of levels, and a lot of addicts are like this. It's this all or nothing mentality. <laughs> yeah. Man, when we're all in, we're all in, yeah. right? And when unfortunately, when we're doing drugs, we're all in and our, all our energy goes in that direction. Yeah take that same mentality and shift it in the other direction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All or nothing, maybe in a, in a positive way. And so I, I kind of see that with you now, like you yeah. still have that all or nothing mentality, Yeah. but you're using it for good. Yeah. I mean that sometimes it's not, sometimes it doesn't <laughs> always serve me, Right. <laughs> but you know, now I, you know, I, I wake up every day ready for life. I, get in a three mile jog. I have a wonderful career. And then, 
during the week I come after that job, I come here and work at Wasatch, right? which is, I never thought I'd be able to do back then. And now I have this, this toned athletic body that I talked about and just all these things I have now. And it's, it's, it's the belief systems and the habits. Yeah. Now you're running marathons and you said you did an ultra. What does explain that? Uh, Well, they say an ultra marathon is anything past 26.2, which is a standard marathon. Okay. And so um, the first one I did was a 55K. So that's um, that's about 33, 32. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And then um, the next one that I did was a 70K. So that's 44 miles. Jeez. Yeah, I started at <laughs> 6, went till 1 at night. Really? It's just, it was so beautiful. It some people are like you're nuts but it's i have such presence and stillness in my life at that point yeah it's just so beautiful well you know i definitely don't run like you do i, <laughs> I am running um and i do know what that uh when, you know when they talk about that runner's high yeah like all of a sudden you become ever present yeah right yeah so it's... i can imagine you had several of those moments as you're running <laughs> 70 miles or whatever that was yeah um it's i just re- it's just a beautiful thing. I'm sure it's part of the runner's high, but it's also, I recharge out in nature. I, uh-huh. you know, I have this all or nothing mentality and sometimes that takes it out of you, you know, um, and I go back to nature and it just, it fills me up. There's just right a connection to something that recharges my battery and it's something that I love. I love hiking and being out in nature and camping um, I mean, the past in the past couple of weeks, I've been up to the UN a couple times, and it just I yeah. look forward to it all year round. And it right, yeah, and just I love it. <laughs> I can't get enough of it. Yeah, how has that um, helped your, I guess, confidence about you? Oh you know, man, do, doing these things because again, you couldn't pick up a tissue. No, <laughs> <laughs> and and here you are now running these ultra marathons yeah. and stuff. How is that? helped you in just in life in general oh gosh i can't even tell you um like hearing that bully list it's it's i can't imagine being that person anymore because i i'm completely confident in everything that i do you know sometimes i have negative self-talk but i realize that that's just talking it's not me right but i have the unsha- i have unshakable confidence i know i can do anything at any time for anyone and be be present and fully engaged. I, when you do a 44 miler, you can quit at any time. Right. But I, there's a lot of things that, that hit you. Like there's so much pain. There's a lot of, a lot of hard times. And when you have the mental fortitude to handle that and get through it, it's, it's like life. I mean, life sometimes hits you hard and you have challenges that are really kind of brutal yeah and you can i can go back in those times that i'm running and realize you know i got through that i can get through this yeah and i can think of all the times that you know i've been in these races and i've made it and thrived not only got done with it but thrived and wanted more and and (laughs) harder challenges i just i I know i can handle anything at this point so nothing's scary the whole life was scary back then man i was afraid to come out of out of out of my house now i just i love challenges <laughs> if it feeds you it's like the progress is is the juice is the reward you know because yeah. you learn about yourself you devote you develop more confidence with, right you know the further you go yeah well you look back too and you think you know going through cancer at eight years old as scary as that was it was almost like getting you ready for what you were able to do now yeah. I mean, what a what a blessing actually probably yeah and and i'm so glad i had my mom she has been one of the people that i've looked up to in my life she's she was holding down a job and running a family and helping me get through cancer she oh my gosh i can't even believe the amount of determination and grit and right and she, she just she was one of my best like mentors or people that i yeah. look up to yeah, I met your mom. She's a great lady. 
And I know how close you, and I met her, you know, when you're going through the Wasatch mm-hmm. experience as well, how close you guys were. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, there was a moment when I was celebrating my two years of sobriety. Um, I, um, I got it up here at Wasatch, uh-huh. um, in the, in the meeting they hold here. And, you know, I brought her up. I had bought in a big bouquet of flowers and I presented my chip to her. Oh, really? That's yeah. awesome. And it, and it's moments like that that I've that I lock into my memories so tight because when I'm feeling unresourceful in stressful moments and wondering how I'm gonna get through it, I remember these moments and they just fill me with a new a new energy and a new source of resourcefulness. You know, like Right. It's it gets me through those hard challenging moments just remembering how far I've come and you know, it, it's, it's very powerful. Yeah. 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 That gratitude piece is amazing, oh isn't it? Yeah. I mean, when I wake up in the morning, I usually wake up and, um, have a breathing and gratitude meditation where I just like take two minutes or sometimes it's five, whatever I'm feeling. Yeah. I focus on my breathing and then I focus on what I'm gra- grateful for yeah. in my life. And it, yeah. and before that, I was just waking up thinking, "Oh gosh, what do I got to do today?" And what I got to, you know, <laughs> all those problems we right. focus on—they aren't really problems. They're just, you know, new ways of being resourceful and overcoming the situation, right. which well, helps build that confidence. That's that's really neat that you do that. Talk about what do you do in your, you know, for your day? Like, what's a typical day for Scott now? Typical day, um, you know, I wake up and I do that meditation, which. You know, if you can wake up in the right attitude and right frame of mind, you can, anything can happen and you can still be successful that day. Right. I mean, at least that's how I feel. And so I do that. Um, then I go to the gym and work out for about an hour. I usually, I like to run because it's, I can listen to books on um, tape. tape and stuff like that. Mostly it's in empower, empowering kind of books like Eckhart Tolle or, right. you know, just things like that. Eric Thomas, he's, he's been mm-hmm. big, big, uh, part sure. of my life. Um, and then I go to that job, go to Finwise where I work. Um, I love, I love it. It's such a, I never thought I'd be in the banking industry, but now <laughs> I'm doing it and I'm thriving and I love all the challenges that it presents right. and I keep learning more and learning more and more each day. Um, and then at lunch, you know, I love to go out and at least take 10 minutes and recharge and become my be- my best self by walking and listening to audio tapes and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I come home and you know after a full day and go exercise it it kind of it kind of refreshes me. Mm-hmm. I like um I like to be my best self for my girlfriend. Right. Sometimes we're not our best self after a long day of challenging things that work presents. And so that just kind of resets, and I'm my best self for her. See, most people would come home and relax, and yeah. you go exercise. <laughs> yeah, man. It's it's just, it resets me. It's, yeah. it's the juice that I love. It yeah. just helps me become resourceful in life, and, right. and my thinking's resourceful. Yeah. And, well, I yeah. love that, because you know, people who know you, Scott, would say the same thing. You, you have a ton of energy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's cool, because... Again, when I first met you, you had zero energy, and uh, now you—I mean—you have just this limitless energy, and I—and I'm a huge believer in energy, because um, that's what we are. We are energy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, definitely. It can't be destroyed. Oh no, it can only be suppressed or magnified. And when I met you, your energy was so suppressed by yeah. by your negative self-talk, the self-hatred, um, and now the way you view yourself and the, the things you tell yourself now and the beautiful belief systems you have now, your energy is magnified. And so you can go all day long. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. Uh, I, I, right? two, two days out of the week, I'm working my day. I'm up at, you know, five exercise and then my day job. And then I come work here till right. you know, late, late hours <laughs> of the night. And it's, yeah, working here has really helped me. Like, it, I love giving back. I love, I have these moments where I see, some clients and I just recognize my old self in them. And I'm just like, you guys can make it. You really can. Nothing is impossible. Right. You know, that's cool. It helps. It feeds my soul. It, 
Yeah. You know, I should be paying Wasatch. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Okay, well, we'll start taking your money now. No, <laughs> no that's cool. No, it's great that you have a, an opportunity to give back. Um, it really, and again, I, I'm not doing it justice, listeners, that uh, the turnaround I, I've seen in Scott is truly a miracle. Um, you are a miracle, man. And uh, I love your energy. I love your drive, your positive attitude. Uh, you're just, and you're just doing your thing, and it's so beautiful to watch. Um, so, you know, one of the things, and, and, and we didn't talk about this off air, and hopefully you saw it um, on the outline, but um, I wanted you to maybe give a, a challenge to our listeners. Oh, definitely, yeah. So um, what what challenge would you want to give our listeners that would maybe help them in their lives or, or help them move forward? I think um, one would be the thing that I do every morning, wake up. Don't wake up, you know, dreading the day. Wake up and prime yourself for success in that day by having the breathing meditation and gratitude meditation. Just when you wake up, take five to ten minutes and just focus on your breathing, focus on the sensations that you're feeling. And if anything, you know, if any thoughts, you know, come up, just acknowledge them and let them go. Mm -hmm. And then um, express your gratitude for five things in your life. Um, can be, you know, grateful for your body, grateful for your family, grateful for the job that you have. I think when you're in a state of gratitude, there's fear can't enter into your life. When you're, when you're expressing your gratitude and love and appreciation and, you know, you're having such zest for life and courage, you can't live in a state of fear. For me, at least I, I, I think it's damn near impossible to be in that state of fear. (laughs) And I, you know, and just one little tiny thing is take the word hard out of your life, replace it with challenging. Sometimes I hear that a lot in, in, in clients at Wasatch. Oh, this is hard. No, it's just challenging because you can get over challenges Yeah, and it changes your mindset. Yeah. It's interesting. I I say it a little differently because I'm on the same lines with you is it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. And you know, can, can it feel hard? I guess it can, but it's never too hard. No, never. You can you can always rise up to the yeah. challenge. You love it. You will always be able to overcome these challenges. And the great thing about being uncomfortable is that's where you grow. Yeah, that's where you can experience a new side of yourself that you never thought you had. Where you can overcome these challenges and these limiting belief systems. Well, I would imagine like on mile thirty three in one of your races where your body's going stop yeah we're done and you're like well no we're not yeah this is just really uncomfortable (laughs) yeah definitely it's in those moments challenge yeah yeah i i think back to those moments with you know giving my mom those flowers or and my two-year chip and uh, i have you know a lot of different memories that i use to become more resourceful and more determined it's in those moments that i can overcome any challenge and i know i can like i don't think there's anything that's impossible right you just got to have the right mindset yep and a good amount of resourcefulness yeah boy i love that scott that's beautiful well you know that's a great challenge for you listeners and for myself as well gratitude is a huge part of my life as well it's truly helped me in my life i know you know one of the principles i love teaching is you know where attention goes energy flows yeah so if our attention's on what we're grateful for our energy Mm-hmm. goes in that direction yeah. and it's magnified and it feels amazing it's like a stimulant man mm-hmm. it's the most powerful stimulant right whereas the opposite is true as well unfortunately when our our attention's on all this negative stuff yeah that's where our energy goes and then we feel dark and lost yeah. and what have you and so it's just so beautiful to see and i see this in you how yeah. grateful you are yeah and i i have a belief that motion creates positive emotion when you're always moving and working towards something better, exercising, right. helping others, that positive emotion. Yeah. And so you live in this state of bliss and happiness and, you know, it's a beautiful oh, thing. I love it. Wow. What an amazing story, Scott. And uh, I appreciate you sharing that. If, if, uh, if the listeners want to reach out to you and get to know you or if they have a question for you, how would they get a hold of you oh most definitely um i actually do life coaching and so they can go to 
trueempowermentlifecoaching.com and I'm giving out one free session for you know everyone oh, cool. I mean just so they can a lot of people are hesitant it's it's hard to change belief systems and so if you can give them a little taste and a little a little boost you know initially it can do wonders for you know yeah. they're changing their lives absolutely yeah sweet so uh, say that website one more time www.trueempowermentlifecoaching.com beautiful yeah if so if you want to ask scott a question or reach out to him or if you want to use his uh, services as a life coach there you go reach out to him um, he's an amazing individual as you can tell already through this story we didn't even scratch the surface there's so much more to it <laughs> yeah. i know that but 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 in general i mean it's truly um a miracle i'm not kidding you i i i don't know how else to say it you know seeing where you were where you couldn't even grab a tissue yeah. to now you're running these ultra marathons but not even that that's impressive but what's even more impressive is how much you love who you are yeah the, i i love myself i have full acceptance of myself my life's beautiful. The people in my life are beautiful. I'm able to show up for them every day, day in, day out. Man, life can get much better. <laughs> well, that's beautiful. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Scott, thank you for getting here early and taking some time out of your holiday. Today's Labor Day, and we're both here. Yeah, but Thank man. you so much, and uh, I really do appreciate it. Listeners, thank you for your support. Please, uh, once you've listened to this, share this with anyone you know that might be struggling or just needs to be inspired. This story will do it, and I'll be posting this soon. But thank you so much for all your support. And, Scott, thank you for being you, man. You truly inspire me as well on just how positive and grateful you are about life now. Thank you. I mean, you helped me so early on just teach me the ways. And, you know, this... If I can give back any way for the, the amounts of help and, you know, time that you've given me, man, I'm happy to help. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much, dude. Love you, man. Keep keep doing what you're doing. Um, it's just truly great to see your progress. I can't wait to see where you're at in a few more years. Right. Because it's been, you know, how far you've come. It's only come. been three years. It's only been three. Yeah. And you're doing amazing things. So keep it up. And uh, again, thanks for your time today, brother. Thank you. Thank you.